Uh, yeah. GREP is a, uh, a NGO operating mostly in sub-Saharan Africa doing off-grid energy access. Uh, most of that working through uh, businesses, some big-ish, some very, very small, some local, some international, where we're all about trying to deliver solutions to the 600-odd million people in Africa who don't have power in their homes, um, and an even bigger number cooking on um, campfires, basically. Um, so uh, the reason that we got involved in this project is because I think the big exam question is to what extent can some of the innovations and business models in the base of the pyramid off-grid sector that are starting to take off, uh, especially in East Africa, can those be applied into the humanitarian sector? Um, and that's, I think, the sort of core question within, within Moving Energy Initiative. Um, just to quickly uh, quickly recap on, on some of those Dadaab numbers to put some specific context, that's a place where there's about 340,000 people living in uh, 80 odd thousand households. Some have been there for 28 years. They're using 120,000 tons of firewood a year at a cost to them of between four and nine million dollars a year, depending on how you do the sums. Um, spending about a million and a half dollars a year on dry cell batteries, the carbon footprint of about a quarter million tons a year across across the households. Some of the implications of that, obviously touched on this morning uh, in Chad, where we looked at some survey work. Forty percent of the respondents uh, in that uh, in that series of camps, forty-two percent had said they'd been. Um, uh, had some form of conflict uh, experience, harassment or worse, in the last month, 42% in the last month. 35% had said they had chosen uh, to either undercook their food, 28% had chosen to skip, for, skip meals on the account of not having enough firewood. The uh, dab, 4 million litres a year of diesel, a bit over $3 million a year, that's costing uh, uh, UNHCR. Um, and then there's their costs of managing the distribution and logistics of that, about another $50,000 a year. 80% of that diesel going on power supply. There are some 80 odd generators in Dadaab. All, um, uh, at least those are the ones that UNHCR know about. Uh, the others through their agencies they uh, have less understanding of. Um, if, you, if, if you know about this stuff, you'll know that uh, uh, matching your matching your load, uh, pl planning planning your capacity carefully in energy systems is fundamental both to the lifetime of the assets and to their operating efficiency. Um, we haven't found the plan for energy in, in Dadaab yet. Um, in fact, about 10% of the uh, household population are provided by uh, ad hoc uh, semi-legal generators. There, uh, again, you've got to question the efficiency of those arrangements. Um, Glada talked about pilotitis. I visited two ICS workshops, uh, improved cookstoves workshops, set up on the uh, very nice premise that if uh, if you can uh, apply local skills to uh, um, uh, to deliver more efficient cookstoves, that's got to make some kind of a dent in your 120,000 ton firewood problem. Two workshops. Uh, one was completely derelict after the NGO pulled out. The other was, was operating, uh, but um, 
when you asked them about their production plans for the year and compared that to uh, how many stoves they're evidently producing in a week, they were going to stop working after three months of production that month that year um, because they said the money is going to run out. So no, no um, sense of a business in here. This is all just we'll, we'll we'll give away the stoves and for as long as we're paid to do that, we'll go and then we'll stop. We visited three different solar innovations while we were there. Uh, solar borehole, nice new stuff, about two or three months old. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't working when we were there. So we were taken to some solar street lights that were put up. No, they weren't working. So we went to see some uh, lanterns that had been uh, distributed um, using some nice one-off uh, ad hoc cedar money. Three or four households we went into. We did find one of those lanterns working. So we have a huge problem of lack of planning and lack of expertise and lack of follow through. So one of the enormous challenges of this initiative is how do you put in place, not the technology, anybody can buy stuff. How do you put in place the systems, the institutional capacity, the market systems that are actually gonna make this stuff deliver value over, over the long term after the, after the contract has walked away or even after his warranty period. Um, well, one of the things we observe is, is that um, in, the, in the UNHCR system, and I think um, uh, there'll be plenty, plenty, plenty within the UNHCR team who will admit this, that, that, that energy is a bit of a Cinderella, it's a bit of a poor relation. Uh, investment in it is rather discretionary. Um, and it's actually not a big number, I just said $3 million a year on, on diesel in, in Dadaab. Well, that compares to $10 million a month or something from the World Food Programme. So we're not dealing with something that in that sense captures, captures top managers' attention in that way. Um, and in the work that Chatham House has, has been doing, um, it's very difficult to find the Mr. Energy or Mrs. Energy on site who is the person who has that focus, that expertise, that, that integrated responsibility. It's not managed like that. And when things aren't managed like that, that's when you get <coughs> problems. You know, the work we had to do to find out how much, what the energy numbers are in each of these locations, each is a research project in its own life, right? Well, all of us who, who are in management know that when you don't know the numbers, you know it ain't being managed, right? So we've got a lot to do to fix, fix these sorts of things. We've talked about the financial planning environment. Energy assets, sometimes these energy assets pay for themselves amazingly quickly and in, 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 in a year or two. Some of the renewable energy work we do in GVEC pays for itself in three months. Uh, those, are, those are remarkable payback periods for lots of investment in business. But if you've got a two-year payback on a one-year funding cycle, you're stuffed. So how do we, how do we change the, the institutional uh, arrangements so that, so that these kinds of investments can be, can be justified? Well, um, I think we're identifying probably four or five different, um, different broad areas where, where the initiative's gonna concentrate. Um, something around the context with the host communities, something again about the institutional arrangements, something about technology, something about the way in which uh, we can work with the private sector. Well, we've said it a little bit already on the host community, um, you know, if, if if a sort of strong theme within humanitarian uh, uh, support generally is how to position this in the context of, uh, uh, of, of the development needs of, of the host, host country. 
Well, that's as true for energy as, as it is for anything, and that's as true for for the um, situation like in Jordan, uh, where um, the displaced persons are sort of completely intercommingled with the population, but where nevertheless you've got a million odd people um, have have arrived on a on a um, his, uh, natural population of six and a half million. That's going to pose huge infrastructure uh, strains, of course. It's true in those kinds of environments as it is in in, um, in, in places like Tadab, Chad, where, in fact, the energy access experience of the displaced persons is really not so very dissimilar to what we see in the communities living around it. So there is an opportunity to, uh, to, to, fix, to fix both, deliver value more broadly outside of the humanitarian space as well. Um, on, on the institutional side, well, we would say it, wouldn't we? But making energy a more high-profile issue, making it something that matters within the management discussion, has got to be has, has got to be top of the list. Um, finding new funding mechanisms that allow um, allow a longer-term perspective, and and there are um, plenty of uh, precedents for this: uh, commingling, uh, concessionary, and, and private money. Uh, we need to we need to get into some of that. Um, just getting better at managing the information. It shouldn't be a research project to discover what the energy picture is. These 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 uh, good good management of any factor is all about knowing your position and having management information that support it. So those are the sorts of things that will need to be need to be fixed. Um, uh, just having more experts in the system. I think UNHCR has got four energy experts in an, in an organisation of that size. Two of them on funding, fun, you short term funding you, agreements. You're, you're one yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, two, two sitting sitting next to your funder, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, this is an organisation that's looking after huge amounts of energy infrastructure assets, both for its camp administration side, the four million dollars, um, gallons of litres of diesel uh, into DAB, and on the and on the side of the resident population. Um, so it's probably worth investing a little bit in the human capital within the organisation to be able to deal with that. On the um, on the technology front, um, well. I mean, I suppose if the big insight from this initiative is that more solar panels will help you save diesel and carbon and all of that, it'll all have been a bit of a waste of time because that's that's kind of obvious. Um, it's it's all about how they're deployed and, and so on. But but there are important and interesting technology developments going on. Um, we talked. Uh, I mentioned a little bit about um, the levels of expenditure by by, by the population in the and that was for a reason because that implies there is uh, some capacity to pay. And um, I will leave it for Chris to blow the technology trumpet a little bit in a moment. But the ways in which um, base of the pyramid energy uh, businesses are finding uh, to uh, to um, collect money from from uh, from their customers. Uh, is today where it couldn't have hoped to have been five five years ago, and that creates an opportunity in this sector quite clearly. Um, so the work that the Moving Energy Initiative is doing on, in terms of technology assessment is pretty bread and butter for NEDA staff, making available some some basic information and, and pointing out that some of these technology trends are quite interesting in, in terms of what um, uh, what might be possible um, in the future. 
But I think if we move on to the sort of last sector in terms of private sector engagement, I mean, that's really we have we have a complicated organisation um, with a role to deliver an enormous range of services to, um, to, 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 to the populations within their care. And you can't be expert at everything. The humanitarian sector has got some great core competencies, but if energy isn't one of them, don't try to make it one of yours. That could be an answer. So what can you do to bring in some of this, uh, some of this expertise from businesses to make that, uh, to make that possible? done quite a lot of talking with um, organizations like Chris in this initiative, about 40 different companies we've uh, been interviewing on their attitude to this. And um, I mean, the first thing I think they've told us is that it's an interesting market opportunity. Uh, it's a lot of people. And very often, it's a lot of people configured in a way which gets over a couple of the big problems that they face in, in, in the core business, which is that uh, selling anything in, in rural Africa to uh, to poor people is hard work because they tend to be scattered about. Well, here at least you got them in one place. They're also quite poor in their core business, and here you have actually, comparatively speaking, some well-funded um, um, guarantor of the business in terms of the institutional money. So there is actually quite an interesting opportunity in this space to to, to leverage that expertise and bring them into bring them into a market that could be structured in a way which in some ways is more attractive than when, where they are today. Chris can disagree with me in a moment on that. Um, uh, but I think another thing we've seen is, is um, business, business models outside of the humanitarian sector are not about um, uh, private companies selling equipment, selling assets, walking away, leaving the business and hoping the warranty call doesn't come, doesn't come in over the next 12 months. They're not really about that. They're about long-term engagement with the assets they sell so that they've got, um, you know, they might be making money off the assets rather than having sold them. So what can we do to change, um, change the incentive structures and change the way in which infrastructure is procured in the humanitarian sector, in, in, in the camps? so that businesses are in for the longer term. Well, there's a whole range of different ways that utility infrastructures have been concessionized uh, uh, all across the world. And some of that thinking, I think, could be very, very interesting here. Because what you've got is you've got some um, uh, institutional assets um, which are costing a bunch of money and which can be made more efficient. So what about looking at how you take the value out of giving those to an operator who does this stuff all the time and using some of that value to improve the provision of energy access to, to, the, to the camp population. So we need to look at some of those completely different ways of procuring energy uh, as, as, part of, as part of this um, initiative, giving business the economic interest so that the next time any of us go and look at a solar panel and the dam, the damn thing's working. Um, now, to make markets work, obviously you need some capacity to pay, um, you need to have decent information, you need to have some level of clarity uh, from, uh, for firms to understand uh, what they're getting into, what the risks, rewards, returns are. Some of that's also around longevity in, in, in um, situations where nobody's allowed to confess that this site is here forever. That's going to be an issue, but somebody's got to uh, to take that risk on the chin somewhere. 
operational security is a big issue in many places, um, and of course the, the attitude of the of our host, host government and host institutions to anybody being allowed to do business, these things matter as well. So I think I'm not here to say that um, business can do this and has all the answers. This will be about understanding who can do what, who's got what capacity, who's got what ability to manage what risks, because it's very difficult to pay people to take risks that they can't price. So this will be about creating different sorts of partnerships um, and not simply about offloading a problem to, to, to a contractor. Um, and it will also be about uh, structuring opportunities for uh, the residents themselves to participate in that part of the, uh, the value chain to, uh, to, to, to make money out of it as well. Um, so I think uh, where we are in the initiative today is that we've got some of these thoughts knocking around um, and uh, we're trying to uh, get some more information to see uh, which of those hypotheses stand up and, uh, and how much of what I've just said is rot. Um, and uh, presuming we, uh, we, get, um, we get some validation of, uh, of, of what I've said, then there's a, another phase that starts at the end of this year, which will be sort of putting some of these things into practice in some, in, in, on some sort of trial basis, whilst trying adroitly to step aside from the pilotitis problem. Um, and that's stuff that will happen next year and the, and the year after. Um, so, plenty to fix, and I don't think I've provided all the solutions today, Clara, but sorry about that. Um, the Pope has recently declared that global warming is a man-made problem. Uh, well, I think most of this is a man-made problem as well, so yeah. we can fix it. Yeah. Yeah. Is he part of the consortium?